welcome to episode 249 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Sunday, July the 5th, 2020. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and for today's show, I popped down to Walthamstow in the northeast London borough of Waltham Forest to get a personal guided tour of the people-friendly goodness steadily building up around what was the first Mini Holland scheme. The tour was led by Clyde Lokes, the Labour politician who's deputy leader of Waltham Forest Council. We started on the now world-famous Orford Road, where, in 2015, campaigners from the E17 Streets for All campaign carried a coffin to warn that removing cars from this shopping street would be the death of it. Did their fears come true? Nope. The complete opposite, which is why Orford Road is world-famous the location for international site visits from planners and politicians eager to see how an ordinary British street could be so massively yet easily improved, and significantly how the local politicians who pushed for change got re-elected. Clyde was also keen to take me to Francis Road to see how another people-friendly makeover is getting on. And then, perhaps most impressive of all, we cycled in perfect safety around the Whips Cross Interchange, which, since the 1920s, has been a high-speed roundabout leading onto high-speed roads, which made the junction particularly difficult to access for pedestrians and cyclists. The roundabout was ripped out and replaced with a signalised T-junction, complete with wide, cycle tracks that are silky smooth and, uh, did I mention it? They're wide, really wide. The junction now works for everybody and not just motorists. It even works for the local wildlife because land has been given back to the ancient Epping Forest. Uh, Clyde, we are on, well it's very sunny, that always helps, Uh, but we are on the sunny and busy Orford Road which is now the kind of the, the poster child for active travel people from around the UK and possibly even around mm. the world. But before we get into that, let's just talk about what this was like on that particular day where there were people saying, we don't want this. Mm. Tell me what happened then. So, um, yeah, so you, you're right, you're on Orford Road, probably the, uh, the most pictured active travel street in the world. Um, but... Uh, yeah, take, taking me back now. Five years ago, we were here kind of formally opening this scheme, which was the first real completed scheme as part of our Mini Holland uh, funding. And uh, people had gathered. Uh, we had the Dutch ambassador, his first day in office was here. Uh, Andrew Gilligan was here, senior council officers. Cause I was there because you, yeah. you had an active travel conference just yeah, up the road, yeah, there, didn't you? Yeah. And uh, there were probably protesters outnumbering supporters by about three or four to one, if not more. Um, So a good couple of hundred people here. It was a miserable day at that. It was raining, not like it's been ever since. Uh, And uh, yeah, yeah, we endeavoured to kind of formally cut a ribbon. Um, Some of my colleagues decided they weren't going to come out. Um, but uh, it was clear that I needed to be out here and I needed to be you know, talking to those people that were still not happy, you know, and had their placards. They had know. a prop, a very famous uh, prop. They had a coffin uh, that 
they were suggesting that the works that we'd done would kind of be the death of this particular, uh, you know, very traditional, small, residential kind of shopping street. And I'm just going to count, right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thirty odd people, one, two, two, three, three people on bikes, the rest walking, and uh, it's a busy street, Clyde. This is not, it hasn't died, has it? No, it hasn't died. Civilization did not collapse in Orford Road uh, directly after the interventions that we made to transform it in favour of active travel, in favour of pedestrians, in favour of children on micro-scooters, people on cycles. Um, no, it did not die. and. Um, Actually, it's still exceptionally busy. And what you need to remember is that this was a road that had two-way traffic on it. Two and a half thousand vehicles uh, a day would used to kind of ply their way through this particular road. Where we're standing now, quite often cars would be parked on the pavement. So, you know, it was just bad for everyone. So if you had a buggy, you were in a mobility scooter, you would end up having to kind of perhaps get into the road and in conflict with uh, motor vehicles. And of course now, just don't see any of that at all. I mean, it's, it's a place where active travellers uh, take the priority and everyone else, you know, um, you know they, they get out of the way for you. So have you gentrified this? Has gentrification come after this? Have people said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great, but I can't live here anymore because the houses uh, I mean, are expensive. I mean, I, What's happened? I don't like to use the term gentrification. It's not a, something that I believe in. I think everyone not wants nice things. I believe in that kind of place. No one wants thousands of vehicles plowing down their residential street or through their neighborhood on a daily basis. We all know the negatives from that kind of amount of through traffic, how it impacts on our health and physical and mental uh, well-being. We all know there's stacks of evidence to suggest create places like this and people will come and spend more money um, and they will stay here for longer. So gentrification, no. A, not building a nice place for people to live and, and to take their leisure, yes. Um, and that's what, we, that's what this is about. It's not about gentrification. So a little kid has just cycled past. Yeah. He's with his mum, by the look of it. So yeah. she's cycling past, or she's riding, uh, talking with a friend and just walking past. And he's just nipped off. And that looks obviously very perfectly safe. So yeah. are we in a, like an enclave here? Is this like, like one of these, what we're going to be getting, like a quiet neighbourhood? Is, is this... that how you, what you did with this? Yeah, so this is what people now would refer to as a low traffic neighbourhood, an LTN. Um, and uh, you know they seem to be in in fashion at the moment um, because you know during the lockdown for the past three months more and more people have walked and cycled around uh, their neighborhoods they have spent more time in their local shopping areas and actually they've recognized that actually they can access them by just walking and cycling they don't need to get into their car so these have become uh, very popular but this is, you know, this is just one of our low traffic neighbourhoods that we built uh, with our original Mini Holland money. Um, there are a number of them throughout Walthamstow. There are a number of them in Leighton and Leightonstone. And it's a model now that we're taking an, an approach that we're taking to kind of all of our kind of highway schemes. There is no real point in just simply putting speed humps down. You've got to take that through traffic out. You've got to give people something more than just speed humps that you can't actually ultimately enforce. And then you got voted in again. So and then we got voted in again. People didn't say, right, this is something we don't want, well, let's get this guy out. And at this point, we were joined uh, by a guy called Jacob, who wheeled his bike across to us and uh, started uh, talking to Clyde. And uh, as Clyde will point out, uh, this is like an interaction that might not have, have happened before because it was just so easy for for Jacob to, to spot Clyde and me talking uh, on Orford Road. Uh, do bear in mind that uh, I didn't have a microphone on Jacob because I didn't know Jacob was going to be part of the conversation. And I won't include all of what uh, uh, what uh, Clyde and Jacob uh, talked about. It's very local, but I'll, I'll, I'll include a, a little snippet here. Okay. You all right? I'm good, yes, yes, yes. It's been so busy here lately. Has it? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, it's good and bad. They're all selling takeaway booths. All yeah, yeah. Now. So it's like a party I'm getting back. But it's, I mean, people have no But if it's keeping it alive. Right, we're just over here. Good to see you. Take care. Take care.
Well, that's another good point. Somebody can just stop, get off his bike, say hi, yeah. go on again. It's kind of civilized it. It's made it not, you couldn't have, you, if you'd done that you before, had, you couldn't have talked. Yeah, you wouldn't have had that interaction before. Possibly because you wouldn't have seen him because there'd been a, like a, a parked vehicle here as you kind of, you move past each other. Um, then he wouldn't have been able to weave his bike through the parked up cars to kind of, you know, it just wouldn't have happened. And that's one of the real kind of major anecdotes from all of our low traffic neighborhood works that we've done in Waltham Forest over the past five, six years, is that kind of sense of great community cohesion, those kind of informal spaces where people can talk, shoot the breeze, whether they're on the way to dropping their kids off for school, and they're walking with neighbors now, or they're bumping into the parents of uh, their, uh, their child's uh, mates in class all those kind of sorts of informal opportunities we've created those spaces where actually people can talk people can hang people can shoot the breeze and it's, it's amazing and then our back feet has just come past but not what I would call a, a traditional you know lycra clad that famous no. phrase no, lycra no. clad just no. a normal woman on a bike just, yep. just riding yep. past we, we could be in the Netherlands here Clyde we could we could and uh yeah, we could definitely be in the Netherlands. Um, but equally, we are in Zone 3 in London, um, you know, and this proves that you can do it in you know, an urban area that's had the extra 40 years worth of car domination that the Netherlands hasn't had um, in kind of shaping its behaviours. It proves that at any point you can make some radical decisions to you know, take a different course. Uh, intervene in a different way, decide that people can and should be moving around a place, a kind of tight urban place in different ways. It proves it can be done. So any of these, uh, I know some of the, the restaurants and businesses are, are not open right now because of coronavirus, but when they were open, were any of these businesses that we're looking at here now, either a pub or cafe or, a, or a, a, any of the other shops that are here, were any of them opposed back then and are now converts. So, um, I guess opposition is <clears throat> quite a strong word. I think there were a number of businesses here that were slightly skeptical and just, you know, they needed to see it to believe it. Um, but as soon as it was, you know, they recognized it and they got on board, bump. There was, uh, there still is a business here who's still uh, very much opposed. Uh, this gentleman here sells uh, uh, vintage furniture and, and whatnot, but you'll see all his wares out on the pavement uh, when he's open in the springtime, in the summer. Um, and I have no doubt that he is benefiting because actually Orford Road is now a destination place. It's not just a place where locals room. come, mm. it's people come from other boroughs to spend their time and their money here. Um, and another business has kind of, you know, gone uh, and it's a new business that is incredibly supportive and was very supportive when there were just local residents in the area. They decided to open up their business here because of what we did. So apart from <laughs> this guy, uh -huh. uh, and there's, there's people coming past, very Dutch, just looking down at their phones, mm. riding past. Uh, so apart from that guy, do you reckon any business on, on here would ever come to you and say, could we please go back to what we had before? No, definitely not. Definitely not. No, 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 no way on earth. Um, you know, fundamentally their business models wouldn't work in, in, in the same way. You know, so you've got restaurants here and bars that have now got the decent space to put tables and chairs out. So kind of increasing their capacity and their, the nature of their offer. You know, and that's what makes this such a great, great place. Now, compared to what it was before. And it's not a cycling street, because there was no. a bus coming through before. So there's a bus gate on this road, um, so between uh, 10 in the morning and 10 at night, only buses can uh, come up this way, but it's now one way. Um, and that's a small hopper bus route that serves quite a, a significant community uh, through, this, through this area. So it's a, a hail and ride kind of bus. Um, but, you know, it works well. <clears throat> There's a mature relationship between pedestrians, cyclists, kids on micro-scooters and that, uh, that hopper bus. Yeah, you can see that. And then the people who were parked here way back when, mm -hmm. where have those cars gone? So those cars have either been ditched and people are walking and cycling here. Or, 
you know, they're perhaps if they're adamant they need to come here, they'll perhaps still use one or two of this kind of uh, short-term uh, shopper parking bays that we've got on some of the, the side roads here. Um, but quite simply, you know, there's a big reduction in vehicle traffic coming through this space. So, you know, it is more people walking and cycling here. That is the, now the dominant way of coming to Orford Road. It so isn't what, by car. What was your um, car ownership? What were your modal shares back then? What are your modal Ooh. shares now? It got me Put there. Put on the spot there. Um, I mean, a modal share for kind of cycling was probably around about 1%. I mean, it was pitiful, not dissimilar to all of Outer London. And that's, that was one of the reasons why the Mini Holland uh, funding became available and was only for uh, Outer London. And car ownership in Wolf and Fire at that, that time was probably around about 55, 60% of households owned a car across the borough. Kind of, it was different in different parts of the borough. You know, it was a lot higher in the very north of the borough, um, and a lot less in the very south of the borough, where kind of it's a bit more like in a London uh, in the south of the borough. I'm guessing now we're probably heading to around about 50% of households don't have access to a private car, maybe less. Um, so that's really, really good. Modal share, I mean, it's always hard to, I always think it's quite a hard one uh, to gauge, but we're certainly better than 1%, that's for sure. But I, I wouldn't want to put a percentage on it, not without well, checking. Just in the 10 minutes we've been here, I must have seen 20 odd, yeah. 25, and, and not on, well, there was a governor, so a Pashley governor's just come <laughs> past, there's been a, uh, a back feet, a box bike yeah, came yeah. past. There's people just riding past with no hands on the handlebars. You know, very, very comfortable riding along here. Yeah. And the pedestrians are very, very comfortable yeah. as well. So describe what's just north of us here, because I haven't, I've been here a few times, and yet I haven't been through that church, but you've got a, bit, a fantastic bit of medieval history here as well. Yeah, so this, this is, you know, this is the heart of Walthamstow. Some people call it still the Walthamstow village. Um, but you've got, uh, I mean, this is a conservation uh, area fundamentally. So um, it, one of the ironies of the debates that we were having with those people that were opposed to the change was that they wanted to uh, preserve the conservation area, but they thought that the best way to do that was to allow two and a half thousand vehicles a day to still uh, go through it. When actually you, you're talking this grid system, this neighborhood was developed and des well, designed and developed and built you know, before cars existed, never mind mass car ownership. So actually, if you were conserving it, you would take it back to what we've largely done. Um, but yeah, you got uh, a main, uh, one of the main churches in the, in the Borough. It's located just around the corner. Um, and then you've got a load of, you know, very uh, narrow residential streets uh, just off that are fed, feed into what we call like a pocket park. Uh, kind of square that we've got just at the end there. But then you've got some major, through, major, major through roads. So it was one of the things that you were doing back then was, well, a lot of the people who are coming through here were probably not even residents here. They were just using this as a rat run. So that's one of the reasons why the businesses weren't doing well, because nobody was stopping here. Yeah. They were just, because there's traffic on congestion on those major roads, yeah. they'll come through here. So what you had in this area, you had, um, a lot of vehicles, thousands of vehicles a day, using this whole residential area to kind of bypass a big chunk of Leebridge Road, which is one of our major uh, roads, well, it's our busiest road, uh, local authority road in, in, in the borough. Um, and the traffic management systems on there that kind of can deal with thousands of vehicle movements, so traffic lights, etc. Bypassing Leebridge Road, bypassing a big chunk of Ho Street, which is another uh, of our major roads, again, with lots of uh, signals and systems to you know, be able to deal with thousands of vehicle movements a day, uh, they would use this residential area to cut out all of those uh, measures and, you know, and take lots of time off their, off their journey. Uh, but as a consequence, you know, they were, you know, dividing communities. They were making it really difficult for the local residents around here to walk or cycle um, and to kind of, you know, adopt that kind of active travel approach for their short-based car journeys themselves, you know. They felt so safer getting in their own boxes to take their child to school rather than allowing their child to walk with them and micro scooter with them i mean it was you know it was a difficult place uh, at that time but because people have been so used to it you know we didn't really have a concept of what 
it would be like if you took all of those sales. So it's quite hard to kind of, you know, win some of those arguments. You know, we can take out thousands of vehicles a day. No, you can't. No, you can't. You know, nothing's going to change. Well, actually, it did radically change. You know, we saw a lot of uh, uh, vehicles. Well, clearly, a lot of vehicles could no longer use this area. Um, for their through traffic purposes, just local residents gaining access uh, to where they live, that's all. Um, and then you saw, because all of a sudden this area wasn't as easy to drive through, actually vehicles didn't then end up on Lee Bridge Road or Ho Street, they just bypassed the whole place <laughs> in its entirety. You know, so you they stayed on the A12, they stayed on the A406, they didn't come into Wolfham Forester take kind of big chunks out of their journey. So one of the fears uh, back then was that, well, okay, do this to these roads, but that'll just mean you'll get traffic backed up to there, we'll not be able to get around. So that hasn't happened. You haven't had uh, traffic. No, so all of the vehicles that we took, all the vehicle movements that we took out of this space didn't suddenly appear the next day on Lee Bridge Road and Ho Street. Now, clearly many did, but no way, uh, by any way, shape or form, all of them, uh, which has allowed us to, you know, to kind of see uh, you know the vast improvements that we have in the kind of air quality in this particular area and across the across the borough. But even on those, those roads like Lee Bridge Road, Ho Street, you know those roads were designed for the amount of traffic that they have on them. You know, they have the signals. You know in Lee Bridge Road in particular now you've got the signals that talk to each other. So you know they utilise the whole length of the road to manage the amount of traffic on them. It's not each junction as its own junction. And that's kind of where you start to kind of see some you know, congestion in the past because of the poor um, uh, traffic management systems in place that were you know, not really talking to each other. But no, it's good. And clearly lots of other cities, and this is the reason why you, you probably bring visitor groups here to, to, to show people mm. from around the world what this is like. Um, but an awful lot of cities are now going to this model mm. and now with coronavirus, accelerating this kind yeah. of model but you were ahead of the game there and you've created something that's very coronavirus friendly yeah so you've made something very local for people to to come to yeah um so you know clearly you know pedestrians are prioritized um here now they were before but you know certainly when some of these other shops will start to kind of uh, hopefully reopen they've got the space outside to accommodate the queues they've got the space outside where hopefully they'll be able to bring their tables and chairs out and you know so that's what we know works and uh, you know actually you know it's very timely that uh, there's those opportunities in places like this Um, because it is a very easy thing to achieve and even in other parts that haven't had the kind of levels of intervention that we've had here in the in the borough you know you know, we're suspending those kind of parking bays that traditionally sat outside shops because we know that space is going to be really, really crucial to enable, you know, the, the footfall of shoppers to come back into those shopping areas and potentially to allow some of those businesses to kind of move outside to kind of help, help enhance and increase their capacity and their offer during what will be, you know, a really difficult uh, period of time for many of those businesses. So there are petitions against this. There were websites, there was Facebook group. Uh, there was a judicial review. It. Judicial review, there's all sorts of things against this. Mm. So those people, have you brought those people around or are they still anti? Um, I think the vast majority of them have been brought around or are now more neutral than directly, uh, very vocally opposed. There are still a number of people that uh, do not believe the difference <laughs> that has been made. Um, so they, they come down here and they go, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah, much yeah, yeah, cars yeah, here. yeah, and uh, you know, and there is a, yeah, so that's that's, uh, and they are still very angry, um, um, yeah, but you know, change, change is always difficult. Change is always difficult. Uh, radical change, even more so, um, and that's what we set out to do here. You know, it's been quoted before. You know, I spent nearly twenty years in as a councillor you know, trying to get excited around kind of very minimal traffic ma- management schemes that did nothing for modal share, basically accommodated uh, drivers' poor behaviour, you know, and at best was a chicane and a speed hump here. It did nothing really to kind of switch the, the modal share. Um, and we did nothing, really. Nothing, nothing happened as a consequence of 20 years of blood, sweat and tears, you know, 
around those kind of levels of consultations and interventions. So it was always necessary that it had to be something radical, had to be something different. Um, you know, and we had an election as well, all out elections. And, you know, if I'd believed what I was reading on social media at that time, you know, the administration was going to get taken out. I was going to be heavily defeated by any one of everyone else who was standing against us because everyone else had a, a slightly different view uh, to ourselves on what we had done. But of course, the reverse happened. You know, my personal majority is the highest it's ever been. Um, we gained seats, and those councillors that have been at the forefront of supporting these interventions also their majorities increase as well. So, you know, it's despite everyone else having every other party and independents to vote for, um, they didn't. They, they, they voted for us, and everyone in Waltham Forest knows about Mini Holland. <laughs> everyone had a view on Mini Holland. You so let's, can't let's possibly. Talk about the areas around here, because yeah. obviously it's, it's beautiful to have a. a a signature street and it's, it's wonderful and it looks pretty and it's great yeah. for the shops etc etc but if you if you live around that corner there but you have got to get to the other side mm. of uh, Waltham Forest and this is nice to come through mm. are you accommodating people making those three journeys on bicycles so what are you doing in the rest of the borough so there are, on the busy roads yeah yeah so there are a number of these kind of interventions that we've made, you know, low traffic neighbourhoods across across the borough now, uh, in all parts apart from the the north, where uh, our proposals were never as significant as they were in kind of Walthamstow and the south uh, of the borough. So you know, and they're all based on a kind of grid system that have kind of got main roads around them, you know, and they're largely residential uh, in the middle, and you know, and that's a classic system that you know Europeans and other cities have been. Yeah, introducing for decades you know it's just slightly newer here um, in the UK but no they, they exist across across the borough and they, you know they're making a similar difference to those particular residential areas as well so one of those hopper buses is coming yeah. past and he's going nice and slow yeah and he's just waiting for the cyclists yeah, so yeah. pulled to one side which they're doing seemed to work he wasn't being aggressive there no 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 is he speed limited there or is it just yeah, the design just the design i mean it's it is still quite a narrow mm. um and the way the materials are used kind of gives it a sense that it is even narrower than it actually is busy roads yes. so the main main roads what can you so what I, can you do with main roads well you know lee bridge road now is a segregated cycle track the whole length of it and we're extending it further up into kind of towards the Redbridge Borough boundary. We did have plans to extend it from the Hackney Borough boundary up to the uh, Clapton Roundabout, but um, you know, TfL had to kind of put that on hold for the time being. Um, hopefully they'll be able to kind of get that back up and running as soon as possible as a scheme, because that then starts to link up different significant pieces of cycling infrastructure across London, uh, kind of into one. You know, and of course we're, we're putting in our bids for TfL funding for the street space to kind of, you know, try and get some temporary infrastructure in that can then be turned permanent by. I'm a keen advocate of permanency rather than temporary measures. I think you could waste significant time, emotional and political energy on, on, on temporary schemes when actually better probably worth investing in permanent schemes but you know if it helps bring more schemes to the table if it helps get more boroughs more neighborhoods on board then you know i'm happy to support temporary measures at the time being but you okay. know ideally i want to see stuff moving very quickly from temporary to permanent because that's the the Jeanette cd khan yes. method for new york city yeah. which yeah. is put the trial stuff in because yeah. nobody argues against yeah. that yeah. But you're saying no, just go straight for. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have like traffic orders and. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's we, complex. And and the evidence is all there now for this stuff. You know, we've proved it can work, and we shouldn't just hone in on constantly. You know, this city in the UK is different to the rest of the world, or this city in the UK is different to Auckland Forest. Actually, we know the interventions that work in an urban setting, you know, and there's no reason why you can't take something from Amsterdam, Copenhagen and put it into London, into Cambridge, into Liverpool, into Manchester. You know, there's no reason why you can't take something from Waltham Forest or Hackney and put it into Manchester or into Bristol or into Birmingham. You know, these things do travel and they do work and it's the urban nature of these settings that make them common and that you can, uh, you can install them. Was, 
in retrospect, was calling it not necessarily your fault, but yeah. was was TFL and Boris Johnson and Anne Gilligan at the time calling it Mini Holland. Do you think you got some kickback there? Well, we're not Dutch. We don't want. It was always going to be a row. You know, you could have called it, and we could have called it the Enjoy program at that point, and people still would have kicked off. Actually, you know, in in hindsight, I, I still I still like the term Mini Holland. Um, and if you talk to people around here, they won't talk about the Enjoy program. They will talk about Mini Holland. And that's what they will talk about. Um, and yeah, but it you know it, it promotes uh, and prompts. Uh, reactions um still positively and and negatively and so yeah i think it i think it still works to be honest um could have been called mini copenhagen probably no one would have really known um but no i I don't you know it was a branding of the time i don't enable us to get the dutch ambassador down here and that was his first day on the job. It was his first it? day in his job, and he bought those strew waffles to hand out. And uh, he was got—I know he's gobsnacked because I talked to him afterwards. Yeah. And uh, and his uh, and his uh, his crew—they were like amazed. Yeah. There was a timeout. Uh, they timeout magazine do this thing. You know, your five favourite things or ten memories and something. And they did him a couple of years ago. And it was still like one of his kind of memories. <laughs> like my first day in office, I went to Waltham, so I expect everyone to be really happy. And it was like a protest, it was raining, and it was, there was a coffee. And, you know, so it's, it's, uh, we obviously made a lasting, uh, lasting mark on him uh, and his time in, the, in office. But, um, no, you know, ra- radical stuff is always going to prompt uh, a weird and radical response. So. And that's what we did. And we've got people talking about it. And even, you know, the people that started off being negative, you know, it enabled us to engage, you know, to put various things forward, which meant, you know, we were challenging things and people were talking about it, you know, and that kind of level of awareness and knowledge around kind of active travel, air quality, you know, day-to-day activity built into, your, you know, your, your, your day-to-day lives. You know, all those things start to kind of, you know, resonate and help kind of raise people's awareness and then you start to see the behavior changes as well so you did it you were successful at doing it but when you get um, visitor groups from other local authorities certainly in the UK coming to you do they say yeah yeah you did it yeah fine great we couldn't do it what do you say to them when they say oh, but we couldn't do it where we are no I mean I say to them it's, it's all possible it's all possible we've proved it's possible um, and you know we've proved that you know politically it's doable and you will survive um, but you've you know you do have to provide that leadership you know because your highways engineers aren't, aren't going to table something that you know they've, they've not got you've not got their backs sort of thing or that you're gonna you know cut their cut their legs off at the knees you know two weeks into a consultation period you know we've seen all of that before you you have to lead it politically and you have to lead it from the front um, I think that's probably one of the big differences around what we've done in Wolfram Forest compared to, to, to other places before that is you know we invested political capital in making this happen and making this a reality you know and you know we went out there and we fought for it you know we went into places and we fought for it, you know, because we knew we had right on our side. You know, the evidence was all on our side and continues to be on our side for these kind of uh, interventions. Um, you know, the old days have gone. You know, there isn't the kind of the weight, you know, businesses constantly and planning applications constantly asking for extra parking spaces. That's not the place that we're in anymore. You know, the world has changed dramatically. And actually, places like this, you know, if we start to think that, you know, more and more people now know that they can work from home for longer then these kind of kind of small kind of shopping centers potentially have more significant mm. value especially in our bigger cities um, because these are places that people are coming hot desk they'll pop out before grab a coffee before going back to their, their home to work for the day you know these kind of places will have great greater value going forward and perhaps even that they did before uh, covid and then one thing i haven't mentioned here uh, there's some trees here now, yep. which there would have been cars there before. So you're, you're beautifying it because nobody's going to complain about putting trees in. I know John Little 
yeah. is a big proponent. Yeah. I've interviewed him on on the show before. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's a you know he says right, just trees, get trees in. That's trees. all I care about, get trees in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and they are a physical manifestation because they they can be big ultimately uh, of the change that you are bringing about. Um, and who doesn't like trees? And we know we've got to increase the canopy cover. Uh, in this country, you know, we know we've got to plant a lot more and more trees um, and actually there's no reason why trees can't be planted in a cityscape uh, like, like London and they do make a difference, you know, whether it's a bit of shade at certain points of the day or because they make the street look a lot nicer and I mean to be honest I'd rather have trees and bollards, um, you know, and they do, you know, they start to make that kind of difference in breaking up the, the street space so you don't have to have just bollards everywhere. So when I first got in touch with you and say, right, Clyde, I'm, I'm down. Can we have a, a wee chat on this beautiful, I knew it was going to be a beautiful mm. sunny day, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, you said, you didn't say meet here. No. I, I said meet here because, you know, I, I'm not from here and I know this is the famous mm. one. And you said, oh, well, let's meet here. So mm. why did you want to meet somewhere else and not here? Um, largely because I want to prove that you know, Wolf and not just a one-trick pony and, you know, Orford Road was the only significant scheme that we did. Um, I wanted to meet in Francis Road in Leighton, which is a different postcode, E10 as opposed to E17, uh, to show that, uh, you know, uh, you know that a, a, another scheme, probably slightly bigger than this one, uh, uh, exists. Uh, and, you know, that you can replicate those kind of interventions in different places. And that one's on a B road. Uh, I think it was the first B road uh, in the country to kind of have a, you know, a time closure uh, installed on it. Um, and again, you know, it's it's at the heart of a local community, uh, you know, large residential area. Carlton, wait, before that, I would like to tell everybody about our longtime loyal advertiser, and that's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com forward slash the spokesman. Jensen USA is a place where you can get a great selection of every kind of product that you need for your cycling lifestyle at amazing prices. But what really sets them apart is their unbelievable support. If you call, you'll end up talking to one of their gear advisors. And these are cyclists. These are folks who ride their bikes to and from work. These are folks who ride at lunch, who go out on group rides after work because they just enjoy cycling so much. When you call, you won't be talking to a computer voice, I hate those. No, you'll be talking to somebody who has knowledge of the products that you're calling about. If you're looking for a new bike, or any cycle product, go ahead and check them out. Jensen USA it's the place where you will find everything you need for your cycling lifestyle. It's jensenusa.com forward slash the spokesman. We thank them so much for their support. And we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, let's get back to the show. Clyde, we've come how far from Orford Road? Where Ooh. are we now? About a mile, mile and a half? Um, well, with the detour to Whips Cross, probably, yeah, a mile and a half, maybe just under two miles. And an awful lot of that, that journey, which we've just done, and there's now kids doing wheelies down here, cool. Uh, was on, on, on segregated cycle track on Lee Bridge Road. And they weren't there the last time I came. No. So a big part of our original Mini Holland scheme, as well as low traffic neighbourhoods in Walthamstow, was a huge piece of segregated infrastructure uh, along the length of Lee Bridge Road that falls within the Boa boundary and the total redesign of the former Whipscross roundabout into the kind of current Whipscross uh, interchange. And if you go back, there's a, there's a video before our original Mini Holland bid that uh, Ross Liddell did. Uh, and, you know, he, he interviews me at the former uh, Whips Cross roundabout and, uh, you know, the difference really, not just in the weather uh, between that shot and uh, today, but uh, just in the infrastructure is absolutely incredible, phenomenal, phenomenal difference. And, yeah, and lots of people and all sorts of different people we saw using that segregated infrastructure today. I mean, and that's what's good about what we've done in the Wolfen Forest. We haven't built stuff for a certain demographic. We've built infrastructure for everyone because we want everyone, eight to eight year olds, to be able to cycle and pull stunts like I that. Mean, I mean, you, you could have, you know, you could have actually lined this up for me. You've got kids 
doing stunts on jump bikes. And then we've got a guy going past on a, a pretty brand new gazelle. We've got uh, mums and dads on bikes up there with kids in the back seat. And then we just had about five or six yep, yep, little kids came past, maybe yep. a big sister, yep. uh, all colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not, I mean, I, I, we're not white here. Black woman just come past there, black guy yeah. just gone past there. Asian guy uh, before, eight, five Asian kids yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so this yeah. is not white no, gentrification, no, no. you know. This, this is cycling infrastructure uh, and active travel infrastructure for everyone. Uh, and, and that's why we built it like we have. And, the, and our whole journey here, once we came off of the segregated cycle track on Leverage Road, we came through low traffic neighborhoods. You know, we came past schools, you know, we came past places that before had thousands of vehicle movements at the time of day we would have uh, come through it. But we were able to meander, cycle gently through it. We didn't have to worry about, you know, coming into any sort of conflict or coming in face to face with any kind of motorised vehicles. It was just a very easy ride. But before the interventions we made, there would have been thousands of vehicle movements and this is impeding quiet. us. We are now, we are now talking, yeah. and okay, it's coronavirus, but the road that's over there was dead busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we had the segregated track, yeah. but now we've come into a, an area where Obviously, a, a, an awful lot of beautification has taken place. So these trees? Yeah, so the trees. That's a massive tree, you put that in. No, so that would have been one of the original ones okay. that was here, but literally the only one on this stretch. The rest have all been planted uh, since um, as part of this scheme. But again, you know, businesses and local residents are looking after these flower beds, they're looking after these streets, they've taken ownership of this street space. You know, these kids that are now using it, this as part of their play space, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what you want. That's what you want. It's wasted as road space, this area, but now it's enjoyed by a lot more people. Any buses through on this one? No, no buses through on, on, on this particular route. And this is very much, uh, you know, you know residential uh, area. So this is a bit, probably a bit poorer than the previous one? So uh, Orford Road, you're saying Orford Road is like a destination, this is maybe not a destination? No, this, this had just started, so this, this this scheme was only completed a couple of years ago, so probably about three years after Orford Road was completed, so about two years. So this would have been coming into its third summer this season as a completed uh, street space. Um, so, but you've got the businesses here that are running kind of street parties here, they're running markets here, they, you know, they have a dog show. They've kind of really taken ownership of this space and making it work to draw more and more people here, not just from the immediate locality, but from a, you know, across a wider area. And it is, it is, you know, for me, this is just as important as Orford Road. You know, this is again a shopping area at the heart of a large residential area that should in you know as we move forward regardless of what the new normal was ever going to look like you know if you're just reflecting on kind of the climate emergency you know this was the sort of place where people can pick up what they needed to pick up without having to get into a car and drive into a, you know a big superstore or go to one of the traditional town center settings they can now come here and pick up what they need so that's like the 15 minute cities yeah. type thing in in Paris yeah so they kind of you, everything should be close to your house yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, this, and this is it and you know and the Victorians had it you know when they designed this this layout this residential area you know they knew that then that you needed those kind of shopping parades in the center of residential areas you know we kind of abandoned them you know for some reason at some point when we allowed kind of cars to kind of take over our space you know these places no longer became uh, you know, they didn't fulfil our needs, uh, didn't fulfil what we kind of wanted them to be. But, you know, they're back again and they're more important than ever. So, uh, just to describe this, so there are those beautiful trees, then you have got those pocket, little, very, very pocket parks, yeah. the, like where the, 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 the beautiful planting has been yeah. putting in. So again, I mean, the, and the, the sets, the very narrow sets you've got here, yeah. again, they, they will be, they've been put in. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that, again, that's beautifying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. would have just been tarmac road, tarmac, standing, ugly, granite. Curb, yeah, curb line, yeah. But if you're going to do these things, you know, and you, and you want people to look after them, or you want people to come here, then, you, you know, you do need to invest in some quality around these. You know, you do it for other things, why wouldn't you do it for these kind of uh, interventions? Um, and then let's go back 
in time to Whips Cross, uh, which you just mentioned there. Mm. So Whips Cross, if we're going, I'll go and find that video. We'll go and find what it used to look like. Because I've just seen it there today. You've shown it to me. And it's like, it's very, very wide um, cycleways. Uh, you've got signalized uh, crossing there mm. to get everybody across. And you've got plenty of space for buses, plenty of space yeah. for motorists, plenty of space for pedestrians, and plenty of space. It's basically a space for everybody yes. on that intersection. So tell me what it used to look like. It was a huge, unsignaled roundabout with a number of spurs uh, on and off of it with a really poor, uh, very small uh, lay-by uh, bus interchange. Um, so buses would have to pull in. So, you know, you then required on motorists to let you, the buses out again, which was always you know, a bit of a conflict there. Uh, if you were a cyclist trying to get around it, you, you literally took your life into your own hands. Um, it was a really unpleasant experience. And it's abutted right up to Epping Forest, so ancient woodland. You know, for years as a boer, we've been nicking bits of the forest to widen road space for motorists, uh, car drivers. Um, but in this, this instance, we were able to give a huge piece of land back to the forest. And, and you saw it, you know, it's been seeded with grasses and wildflowers and it's really starting it's to merge back into to, so to the, the forest. forest. Again, that's surely how things should be. You know, and the kind of landscaping that we've done around the bus interchange has allowed us to plant 70 odd new trees there, uh, where before there was a couple of dead ones in the middle of this huge roundabout. that was no amenity space Stay for out. anyone because you couldn't get to it. Mm. Um, but now actually it means something, that space, you know, uh, and the kind of the, the bunding, the mounds that we put in there, you know, add for a little bit of informal play for children whilst they're waiting for the bus to get home you know it just kind of makes that space uh, so much better and then you saw the the rainwater garden that we'd put down the the edge with the the wildflowers again you know just all these things just make for better design make for better places you know even at you know one of those kind of gateway major transport uh, entrance points into to Wolfen Forest which whips crosses. So do you know the history of it when when did it become that sterile horrible bit of <coughs> slab of tarmac uh, 60s I mean I don't I, I don't do the history on I, do, I, want, I want to look forward uh, so you know I have something you know clearly it doesn't work for everyone clearly it doesn't kind of support active travel doesn't support you know the public transport interchange that that place is now so close to which cross hospital you know one of the major acute hospitals for this part of East London so you know something had to something had to give you know and thankfully part of our mini Holland bid you know we got the money to be able to do that major transformation of that interchange you know and, and touch wood um, you know so far no issues with it you know some of the doomsayers were saying you know major tailbacks etc etc no you know with decent modern traffic signal technology in place which we've now got on Leebridge Road it means you can deal with the traffic at the right time. You don't have to wait for a junction to snarl up before the interventions and the phasing of the lights kicks in to change it all. And that's all automatic. Yep, yep. So it's just... Yep. And, and of course, you've got, you've got pedestrian and cyclist priorities at some of those junctions now as well. So brilliant. It's great for everyone. Well, I have been here a few times. And each time I come, there's more bits getting added on. So what's coming? What, wait, if I come here in five years' time, what am I going to see? Oh, five years' time. Well, what's your plan? What's, well, what's... If, you, if you come back in six months' time, you, you, I'll be able to show you another smaller low-traffic neighbourhood, the Mark House one, which works commenced today uh, on. I'll be able to show you the hilltop area of the Walthamstow Village scheme. Um, works are due to commence there in two weeks' time, so that's another seven modal filters in total that we're putting in place. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to take you right down to the far south and the kind of area that uh, Leightonstone and uh, Forest Gate in Newham share. We're thinking of uh, trying to get a low traffic neighbourhood put in in that kind of space. Um, and, you know, and ideally we'd like to be able to join up so the, the cycling infrastructure that comes into uh, Stratford, uh, the dry atrium in Stratford, join that all the way up Leightonstone High Road, Long Whips Cross Road and into kind of uh, Whips Cross Roundabout and Leebridge Road, you know, brilliant and then up Woodford New Road and then segregate its track all the way down Forest Road all the way into Tottenham. You know, again, you know, some really, really big infrastructure stuff alongside some low, low traffic neighbourhood stuff as well. So that's kind of where we're thinking. But everything that we 
do now in a highways concept or a public realm concept is through the prism of what we've learned over the past five years with rolling out you know, low traffic neighbourhoods and infrastructure for, for active travellers. Yes, you're very proud. Yeah, 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 I am. And especially when you come out on like days like this and you, you know, just see people and see how people are using the space and you see different people cycling. You see people with cargo bikes. Um, you see children playing in, you know, road space because it's safe for them to do so. You know, taking all... So you've got plans, yep. and they sound like pretty dramatic plans. You're proud mm. of what you've done. How long have you got left? You, personally? Oh, there's, there's, there's another couple of years left in me yet, for sure. Um, but like I say, you know, it is about, you know, we don't want Wolf and Forest just to be the only place where you can come and see this. You know, we want to see this replicated through towns and cities uh, across the UK, you know, that's when we know we've really made a difference. You know, you don't want a single utopia in a single place. We want it across there for everyone to be able to change and transform lives in cities and towns across the country. And that's what, you know, this is about. And that's why, you know, we're always keen, whether it's myself, my council officers, or, you know, some of the you know, fantastic community activists that we've got in Wolf Forest, always keen to kind of take people out on tours, whether it's politicians or community activists or highways engineers and officers from other places. We'll always take you out and show you what, what the art of the possible really is. Thanks to Clyde Lokes there. And thanks to you for listening, of course. Show notes and more can be found at the hyphen spokesman dot Come. The next show will be out in a couple of weeks. But meanwhile, get out there and ride. <laughs>